Welcome to Fresh Perspective, a podcast presented by Recycling Today. Fresh Perspective features young professionals in the scrap and recycling industry, offering insights from the next generation of industry leaders. Guests share their stories of what led them to the scrap industry and new ideas on industry trends. Tune in here, stories from scrap processors, traders, operators, and more who are starting to lead in this space. Fresh Perspective is beginning an ongoing dialogue with future executives of the industry. Hi, my name is Megan Smalley and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Andrew Dishino, who is a buyer for GLE Scrap Metal, which has locations in Michigan and Florida. Andrew has been with the company for the past four years and has worked in the scrap industry for nearly a decade. So thanks for coming on the show today, Andrew. How's it going? Doing well. And how about yourself? Pretty well. So Andrew, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the scrap industry? Where were you working and what were you doing before you came to the industry? Okay. So I was born uh, and raised outside of Boston, Massachusetts currently married with two kids. I have Nora Kate, who's five, and Jonathan, who is two. Uh, I got into scrap really kind of by accident. Um, my wife's cousin owns a scrap yard in Brooklyn, uh, and I needed a summer job. And I had asked him for a, for a job one, one day and ended up moving to Brooklyn for what we thought was a summer. I ended up staying for five years. Uh, before scrap, I was in college. Um, it's really the only professional thing that I've done. I had various other you know, jobs that teenagers will have, but really scraps the only thing that I've done professionally. Did you know what you wanted to do while in college? And I, I figure it's not work for your cousin's scrapyard. <laughs> uh, I went to college for construction management and I, I never really knew that that scrap was a, was a career option. Uh, until I started working in it. I didn't really know anything about it. I just thought it'd be fun to do for a summertime and to live in New York City. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good opportunity. Definitely. And what were some of your first impressions of the industry while working in Brooklyn? Uh, I didn't really know what I was walking into. Um, it was very busy and loud and noisy and smelly and I had no idea what I was looking at. I thought just every, you know, scrap metal was just junk. I didn't know there was all different commodities and classifications. It was, it was a little overwhelming at first, but I really liked the high intensity and everything always moving and changing on a daily basis. I thought it was, you know, a fast paced environment and kept you busy. And there wasn't a lot of sitting around and idle time. It was, it was, it was an interesting experience to first start and not knowing anything about it at all. It was fun. And then what were some lessons that you learned your first few years working in the industry in Brooklyn? And did anyone serve as a mentor to you? Yeah, I would say uh, Tim, who I worked for in Brooklyn, you know, was, was my first mentor. Uh, he didn't have to, to teach me the business or, or give me an opportunity, but he kind of took me under his wing and introduced me to a lot of people and started taking me to his events and, uh, gave me the opportunity to go out and learn and, and really, uh, if it was something that I wanted to do, really gave me the opportunity to, to expand my career in this industry. Um, I wasn't afraid to ask questions. So if we were selling scrap to certain consumers or, or other people, I would want to go visit and see how they handled our metal. And, uh, and I found that as long as you're willing to ask questions and learn 
a lot of people in this industry are willing to teach you and, and try to pass on the knowledge they have to you, uh, which I thought was, was kind of cool from the beginning. So it sounds like Tim was a good mentor to you. Could you tell me a little bit about what sort of knowledge was he able to teach you while you were working in Brooklyn? What were some of those lessons he helped you with? Uh, well, working in, in Brooklyn, new in the industry, uh, he taught me how to interact with a lot of different people. Uh, we were primarily a peddler-based yard, so you you see a large you know walk of life there, and just treating everybody with respect and treating the people you wanted to how you want to be treated, which is uh, come into you know real world everyday interactions. Also, treating everybody everybody kind. You know, he let me make a lot of my own decisions and a lot of stuff in this industry. I feel you learn by mistake. Uh, there's no real like manual or book for a day-to-day operations of a scrapyard. So a lot was, you know, we were trying new things and different things and not being able to afraid, not being afraid to make a mistake and uh, just keep on learning and not make the same mistake twice, but it's okay if, if it happens. And uh, you know, he taught me a lot about this, about this business and getting into it. And I would say he was probably my biggest, my biggest mentor to start. Andrew, tell me a little bit about how you ended up at GLE. Um, what, how did you make that transition and how did you get into more of a buying role? Uh, well, working in New York, you know, I dealt with buying scrap. I was more in operations, um, but was out in the in the yard every day, so handling a lot of different customers and pricing material. And um, I didn't necessarily think I wanted to be in operations forever. Um, my wife and I just had our first kid, and we were living in Brooklyn. Wanted to make a change, and she grew up in Florida and for years. Wanted to get back to Florida. And I had met the GLE guys a few years earlier at an ISRI convention, and reached out, sent down my resume flew on down and they hired me. I've been here since. Um, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do when I took the job at GLE. I didn't know if I wanted to be in buying or operations, Um, but I I settled on being in purchasing and have used my operations background really to to help in in purchasing with other scrapyards and and using my knowledge to try to help my customers uh, operate more efficiently, make some more money try to pass on some of the knowledge that I've gained throughout the years onto other people. Got it. And going from doing some of the buying work in New York to moving to Florida, I'm sure markets are slightly different. So what was that transition like? Uh, Florida is definitely a little slower moving than New York. To, to That was my first thing I noticed. It took me a while to slow down uh, and not be such a rush all the time. But other, I mean, the markets are pretty similar. Um, there's not as much industrial or, or scrap in, in Florida. Nothing's really made down here. It's all post-consumer. But there's a surprisingly a lot of scrap yards in, in Florida. Um, so it was, it was an easy tra- transition in that, but it was definitely a little more slower paced in Florida than, than New York, which is the biggest adjustment that I had to make. And space also. The yards in Florida have a lot more room and space uh, most of them do than than what you what you see in, in new york city so i always thought that everybody operated on a on a smaller piece of land uh like we did in new york so when you're walking on some of these 30 and 40 acre sites and it was kind of cool to see to see some different different side of things yeah definitely a totally different layout i'd imagine going from a big city like new york city to 
I'm sure still sizable cities in Florida, but it's not quite the same. Now, today, what is it like to work at GLE and what do you do for the company on a day-to-day basis in your role now? Uh, Right now, I work at the headquarters, which is in um, Longwood, Florida, suburb of Orlando. Um, I am primarily in purchasing, uh, primarily purchased from other scrapyards. Um, and I do a little bit of the sales. Uh, working for GLE, it's a very family-oriented company. A lot of the people that have been here have been here for a while. Uh, I'm one of the, the newer people, even though I've been here already for coming up on five years. It's very family-oriented. Everybody's very friendly with one another. So it's been a great place to work. It's been a great transition. I don't really have enough good things to say about, about working here. They're really good guys to work for. It's, they make it fun, easy to do deals, and always supporting you. And it's it's been great so far. And how has GLE grown and changed since you came to the company five years ago? Uh, shortly after I was hired, we opened up a, a chopping line. So we have a, a separate chopping facility, which is located in Ocoee, Florida, which is about a half hour west of our main office. Um, we grew our brokerage division, which GLE always had, but we kind of really tried to grow that in the last few years. And just recently, as January, we purchased a new yard in Tampa. So we've grown, we've grown pretty substantially since I've started, which has been cool to be a part of and, and be a part of those projects and see how it's done. And it's been fun. That's, that's more stuff to do every day. That's awesome. Are there any unique projects happening at GLE currently that you could speak to? Currently not, nothing too unique, just really getting the the new location, you know, up and running. And as more opportunities present itself, I'm sure that we'd we'd be interested in growing and different projects as they come up. But as of right now, there's, there's nothing in the pipeline. Got it. Um, So that new location in Tampa, could you tell me a little bit about that yard? Oh, it's an existing facility, uh, probably around eight acres. If I had to say it was an existing scrapyard that uh, the company was just looking to to get out of Florida. It was kind of out of their market uh, areas that they were in before. And uh, it was just a great opportunity for us to expand in a, in a footprint that, that we already had a, a pretty decent stronghold on. It's only open to dealer scrap or industrial business. We don't do deal with the general public at that location. Which is, which is nice for people who deliver their own scrap metal. They seem to like it. It's quiet, it's clean, it's organized. So it's a little bit of a different type of scrapyard than your, than your everyday, you know, anyone can walk in business. It's been a great addition and looking to, to see it grow here this year into next year. Awesome. And so being involved in purchasing and a little bit of sales at GLE, how have the markets been this past year? Have there been any surprises for you? The markets, uh, the markets this last year have been really crazy. Lots of ups and downs, lots of swings, uh, you know, wild one day swings. It makes it difficult to, you know, put pricing or figure out pricing on certain items and uh, people in and out of the market on a daily basis. Um, I think the first half of the year was a great time to be buying scrap. I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. Um, Volume seemed really good. Pricing was strong. Uh, you can move scrap a little more easily. People were, you know, people were doing well. It was, it was a fun time. And then, you know, after uh, 
things have started to slow down a little bit and markets have fallen, even though I think they're relatively still good comparative to where they have been in the past. It's been a little more difficult to source scrap and uh, people seem to wanting to be hold on for higher pricing and uh, just a lot of challenges in, in buying scrap today. Now, markets aside, I know that's obviously a daily challenge that you might have to deal with, but what would you say have been some of the biggest challenges in the scrap industry this past year and how those challenges affected GLE and how is the company working through them? So freight has been a problem. Um, getting drivers, freight rates um, have gone up. Finding employees has been very hard. The consolidation that's gone on in the industry the last year, I don't necessarily consider that a problem. I think it's great that some of these companies are getting bought out. I think it's great for the, for the industry. It puts good light on it, but it also limits the pool of people that companies like GLE can, can buy from because you know, when you're buying up smaller companies into larger companies, it just makes it a little more difficult. Uh, I think other people are feeling that as well. I think that with uh, a lot of the, the stimulus money that was going on, it limited a lot of inflow to some of maybe the, the peddler-based yards, which lowers volumes for others. Um, it's been a challenging, challenging couple of years, but you just got to kind of get creative in the way that, uh, that you buy the scrap. So some of the other challenges in the last couple of years would be like going out to visit people, uh, visiting your customer base that maybe not be so local to you. Um, a lot of people for a while weren't accepting visitors or you couldn't travel um, where you might not be able to go meet the person or see the scrap and it makes it a little more difficult to price it and makes it a little more difficult to get deals done. So you try to overcome that with different methods and try to just develop those relationships and make it, make it easier to do the business. Got it. And you did mention that one of the challenges this year that GLE and everyone is facing is freight. And you see that issue related to trucking, rail, ships, you name it. How is GLE working through that? It's really no good answer to that one. I guess we just try to stay ahead of it. You know, keep our, set our customers' expectations in the right way. Uh, you know, if you're doing export business and you know that bookings are taking 45 days instead of 20 days, just informing the customer that this might take us a few weeks longer, but you know we're working on it to make sure it gets done in a timely manner. But this is what's going on in the world right now, and it's a little bit out of our control. Uh, as soon as we can get it, we will. And just keeping people up to date and the lines of communication open, uh, and trying to stay ahead of, of some of the issues that that are going on with the shipping. But it's been it's been very difficult to, to ship pretty much anything these days. And even like at the chopping facility, people get their trucks canceled on them, being a little more flexible with deliveries and delivery dates and appointments. And if a guy has a truck canceled on him on a Monday and he can't get you there till Wednesday, just, just making them feel a little like, you know, that you'll work with them and you want the material, and you want the business. And it's not normal times right now. Hopefully in the next few years, shipping gets a little easier, but it, it has not. It's only gotten a little more difficult recently. Definitely. It's been interesting to watch that and just see how, yeah. I mean, you know, it'll get alleviated someday. We'll figure out when at some point, but yeah, I think that's definitely good. Just working with the customer on it. And one other challenge you mentioned was consolidation. Is that happening by some of GLE's locations? And if so, could you talk a little bit more about that and how has that impacted business? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Florida's seen a lot of consolidation in the last year. There's been a lot of a lot of companies acquired by some bigger companies. Uh, it just limits your your market pool, where 
a consolidator like GLE will buy from some smaller businesses uh, when they get acquired by larger companies, it just limits it limits that customer and you just got to develop a relationship with the larger companies. Um, I do think the consolidation is is a good a good and bad thing for the industry. Um, it's it's great to see some of these guys or people that have that built up the, their businesses and selling them. It's it's amazing to see some of the money they're getting, and I'm sure they're proud and they should be. But it's just been interesting to see a lot of these smaller yards sell in the last year. Um, and a lot of the bigger companies keep growing and growing and growing, which is also cool to see. Just be interesting to see where it happens over the next couple of years. And, and if the people still keep getting acquired or not, we'll have to see. Were any acquisitions surprising to you? I think they're all somewhat surprising when uh, when you see the deals come across, whether it be, you know, Recycling Today or Isri sends out an email. When you read, you're like, wow, I can't believe they sold. Um, you know, I can't speak on one acquisition in particular, but especially when you know the people that are selling um, it's, it's always interesting to see what happens when the deal finally gets done. And they've all been, they've all been kind of surprising. Yeah, definitely true. I mean, on our end as well, we see that and it's, I guess not a hundred percent of the time surprising, but yeah, definitely interesting to see how the industry changes in that way. Um, and one other thing you mentioned as a challenge was getting employees, it, you know, especially after the pandemic, it's gotten just harder, I think at times. And, scrap isn't the most glamorous industry. It wasn't something you considered either. So um, I guess what are ways that the industry could do a better job recruiting the next generation of the scrap industry or just getting more people to work for their yards and their companies? This is a, a question that a lot of people ask. It's it's hard to get someone that wants to come into this business. Um, I don't have a good answer on on making you know, on, on a ways to hire more people. I feel that you either, you either like it or you don't. I feel that most people know within the first couple of weeks, if this is something they're going to want to do, or if they don't want to do it, um, you, know, you have to be willing to, and wanting to do a lot of different things and stuff changes all the time. It's really a fun business. You can make a great living. You can travel the world. You meet lots of interesting people. Uh, you get to do a lot of fun stuff. Um, I just, I wish I could think of a great way to recruit some more people. And I, a lot of other people out there feel that way. I would say just, just keep interviewing people and you gotta, you gotta give someone a chance and take someone under your wing and show them around for a little while. And that's, that's well, how it was done with me. And I think that, you know, you could get enough people to do that. You'll get more people to come in, but you also have to hire people that are willing to work and, and willing to get the job done. As a final question, where do you see the scrap industry heading and changing in the next couple of years? I don't, I don't think scrap's going anywhere for the foreseeable future. I think there'll always be metal out there, especially as the world wants to get more greener and you get all these recycle rates coming up. Um, I do think a lot more stuff just because of you know shipping and global uncertainty that a lot more stuff will get processed more domestically than, than um, stuff that's shipping over sees you have a lot of new copper mills getting built in, in America. There's what three or four right now being built. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. You have a lot of the electric vehicles and batteries, which I know is a big concern. Uh, so that will be cool to see when someone comes up with a good downstream system for, for electric cars and battery removal, what happens there. 
Um, it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the consolidation as well. Or these larger companies going to keep buying people up? Is someone else going to come up and try to try to grow? So I think we're in for a fun, a fun few years here. And I don't foresee scrap going away anytime soon. Awesome. Well, it was great talking with you today, Andrew. You as well.